We're talking about what is, it, what is the cost of freedom. We recognize this weekend the cost that men and women paid for our physical freedom, our political freedom, our social injustice freedom here that we, ser- that we experience in America. But Jesus Christ went so much further because he paid the price. He paid it all for our spiritual freedom, freedom from death, freedom from sin, freedom to experience life the way he designed us to enjoy it, to experience it. The cost of freedom is the message, the, the title of our message today. And we're going to take a look at some scripture and kind of walk through what was this price that Jesus paid and how today does it make a difference in our lives. John recorded Jesus' words in, Galatia, in John chapter 8, verse 31 through 36. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to that verse. We're going to come back to this verse and the next one that we're going to be talking about. We're going to jump around a little bit because we're going to begin to talk about and dive into this payment that Jesus paid, but also what does that truly mean to us? What kind of real life impact does Jesus' death and the cost that he paid really make in our lives. So John chapter 8, verse 31 through 36, says this, to, Jew, to the Jews who believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you really are my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves to anyone. How then can you say that we, need, we shall be set free? And Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you are free indeed. This morning we can celebrate that being free because of what Jesus did. But Paul expands on this idea of of freedom in Christ. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 13 through 15, it's important to understand as we look at that freedom and truth, that what does that mean? Where does that lead us to? And what are we supposed to do with it? In Galatians 5, 13 through 15, these are the words that Paul wrote. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But do not let your freedom, or do not use your freedom to satisfy the sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting, devouring one another, watch out. Be aware of destroying one another. We celebrate Memorial Day to remember those who've gone before us and given the ultimate sacrifice to keep us free. But this morning, we we remember even greater the sacrifice that Christ gave us on the cross when he died for our freedom for he paid the ultimate price now we every day fight a battle and this battle is in our own hearts and minds and our lives as we fight between the natural life 
that we live the sinful life, the life that pulls us back to the world, and the life that Jesus Christ wants us to live. But every day we wake up, and it's a new day to make that battle or to fight that battle. But understand this, the war has already been won. And as we fight that battle, we know that the battle and the war has been won. Even though we fight it every day, the war has already been won. And it's been won at the cross where Jesus died for us. And it was in that moment that he took all of our sin, all of our struggles, and everything that we do upon himself. And he died so that we'd be set free from that. But the battle that Jesus fought is described in Isaiah. And I love these, these words because to me they're an incredibly powerful reminder of not just what Jesus did, but what he truly experienced and what he took upon himself in order to set us free. It wasn't easy. It wasn't just one moment. But in Isaiah 53, verse 3 through 9, it says these powerful words about this experience that Jesus undertook in order to set us free. He was despised and rejected by mankind. A man suffering and familiar with pain. Like one whom people hid their faces. He was despised and he was held in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God. Stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. We are like sheep who have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquities of all of us. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. Yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people, he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit, in his mouth. Jesus paid the cost for our freedom by taking our deserved punishment upon himself. He was mocked, he was beaten, he was tortured, he was humiliated, he was condemned and nailed to a cross, pierced and died for you and I. Today we look at the contrast between the bondage of sin and the prison of, of separation 
from God with the freedom in Christ. On my left, I have a chair over here. This chair today represents sin. It represents the life that we live separated from God. It represents the prison and slavery to that old life, to that life that holds us back, that keeps us from experiencing all that God has for us. This chair represents the world and all that it has for us, the passions, the excitements, the the fun, all that we experience. This chair represents sin and death. Separation from God. This chair over here simply represents the freedom that we have in Christ. The cross. So as we take a look at some of the scriptures, what Jesus was saying in being set free, there are some very important things that we can pull out and understand from the scripture in John. There are four clear lessons. Let's read those verses again. It says, To the Jews who had believed, John 8, 31 through 36, To the Jews who believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I want to pause there for a moment. So often when we sit over here, just like the Jews in the response to Jesus, they have no idea that they even need to be set free. Because even though they're stuck in this prison of sin, they're enjoying it. It's a party. It's great. And they cannot even see the walls that are around them. They can't even see the sin and the chains that bind them. They cannot see that they need to get away or get out. They don't even know that the door is open and the cross is available. And they're just happy to sit there. As so often we are. But then they respond and they say, that they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves to anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Then Jesus lays out the truth to them right here. And he lays out the truth to all of us in, these, in this phrase. He says, very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you are free indeed. Understand today, if we are over here, if this is where you are dwelling, if this is where you are living, and you know, to be honest with you, even Christians dwell here. Because so often, we get connected with God But for some reason, sin just pulls us back and we freely walk away from the freedom that we have. We walk right back into that prison of sin freely because, man, we just missed it. We missed that stuff. We missed doing that stuff. We missed the fun. We missed the people. We missed whatever it was that imprisoned us. And we so freely walk back over here and just sit down and begin to place ourselves back in that prison of sin, in bondage to death. But Jesus says, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. But understand this. We have freedom in him, in him alone. So the first thing this morning that I want to share with you is this. 
got to move some papers around. The first one is recognize the truth. When Jesus is talking here, he's, he says, understand, there is truth out there. And this truth leads us to an understanding of who he is. For in Christ, we are set free. That is the truth this morning that we need to take home with us. The big idea is there is truth in the fact that Jesus set us free. Do you know that today? Do you understand it? Is it part of who you are? Are you living today in the freedom of Christ? Or are you stuck still in the prison of sin and death? One thing that we need to understand about our freedom, it came at a price and Jesus paid it. But it is a free gift. Romans chapter 6, verse 23 is one of my favorite verses. It says these words, For the wages of sin are death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. That is something to celebrate today because there is nothing we can do to earn this gift. This gift is sitting here. It's waiting for every one of us to embrace. We can never earn it. We can never do enough to deserve it. And we can in no way earn that gift it is free for us but in order to experience that gift we have to actually go and take it receive it welcome that gift into our hearts we have to leave where we are in sin and death and embrace the gift of God that is free today have you ever embraced that gift and if you haven't it's a great time to do so. But if you have, we need to remember constantly every day when we get up that we don't have to live over here. Because of that gift, we can live over here. We can live in the complete freedom that Christ offers us when we not only do we take that gift, but we make it part of our lives. When Jesus becomes part of our lives, it is a free gift. We take it and freedom becomes who we are instead of the prison of sin in our lives. The third thing we want to understand this morning from this scripture is that we are supposed to be set free. We are meant to be set free. We are designed to be set free. We were not designed for sin and death. We were designed for the freedom that comes in Christ Jesus and living in him. We were not meant for this. But instead, we were designed and created by God for this, for freedom in him. Today, are you set free or are you still living under the bondage of something that is holding you back from being completely committed and free in Christ? The fourth thing is very simple. We need to follow Jesus and be his disciple. If you follow me, Jesus says, I will make you fishers of men. I will teach you how to fish for people. Matthew 4, 19. He gives such a simple yet such powerful description of what it means to be a disciple, what it means to be a follower of Jesus. It is so simple. First one, follow him. We have to be following Jesus. Just as he said to the Jews, he said, follow me, I am the truth. We have to follow him. 
The second thing is, if we are following him, God, Jesus, is transforming us. He's teaching us. He's shaping us. He's preparing us and making us new. And then the final thing, this idea of fishing for people, we are fulfilling the mission of Christ. As disciples of Jesus, followers of Jesus Christ, we are following him, we are being transformed by him, and we are fulfilling the mission that he called us to. And that is to make disciples, to multiply, to use the freedom that he's given us to make a difference in the lives of others. Knowing Jesus and giving your life to him and allowing him to be the Lord of your lives, to have your all, to have everything of who you are. Today I want to just run down a simple list of what does it mean to give or surrender your life to Christ. Some very important truths that we need to understand and know if we are going to be free in Christ. If we're going to truly experience what it means to be free from sin and death and live in the freedom that is Christ. The first thing we need to know is that God loves you. He loves each and every one of us. So much so that he gave his one and only son so that we could have eternal life. It comes from John 3.16. First John 3.16 is one of my favorite verses that continues that idea of, of the way that he loves us. In Romans 5.8, all talk about the love that God has for you and for me. The second thing we have to understand is we have all sinned. Every one of us starts in this chair. We don't have to stay there, but we do. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There are no exceptions except for Jesus Christ. For all of us start out here, but that does not mean we have to stay here. This isn't where we have to live. It's not where we have to be because there's freedom over there, but too often we're content to be here. Whatever it is that holds us back, we just don't want to go over there. We're either happy here or we don't even see our need for freedom over there. But today, I want you to understand that we all have sinned and fallen short of God. In Romans 5.12, in James 1.14-16, it talks about the separation that sin in our life causes between us and God. And there is a very real separation that can only be overcome by Christ and the, pay, the price he paid on the cross. For we are all separated from God in sin. In Titus 3, 5, and Ephesians 2, talks about the fact that we are saved by grace. There is nothing that we can do over here. We, talk, we read Romans 6, 23, it says, for, it says, for the wages of sin are death, but the free gift of Jesus Christ is eternal life. That gift is free. There's nothing that we can do over here to earn it. There's nothing we can do to deserve it. Jesus paid the price and it's so important for us to understand that that gift was free and that we are saved by God's grace, not by anything that we can do. So there's no way for us in our own power to get from here to there, but only in the power of the cross and of Christ. God's gift was free. Romans 6.23 in John 1.12 talks about the gift of Jesus Christ that he paid on the cross. Salvation is free. 
And the final thing that we need to know and remember as we pursue a relationship with Jesus Christ is that we are a new creation. The old is gone, the new is here. When we surrender our lives to the Lord, when we give our lives to him, we are no longer who we were. And what's so sad sometimes is this is who we were, but when we come to Christ, surrender our lives to him, allow him to be the Lord of our lives, confess him as our Lord and Savior, we are set free from this. And we can live freely and completely over here in the freedom of the cross. But again, what so often happens in our lives, even though we've been set free and we've accepted Christ, so often we still live over here. Why? Why do we live here when we know we can live there? It says we are a new creation in Christ. We don't have to be this anymore. We can now be something completely different and completely new in Him. Are you living in the new life that Christ has created in you? Are you living in freedom? Or do you continue to go back to the bondage of sin and death? This prison over here. Jesus paid the price and the cost of your freedom. And he did it not so that we can continue in sin, but so that we can be completely free from it. Galatians 5, 13 and 15, through 15, we read this earlier. It's such a vital and key scripture here as Paul helps us understand why do we move from here to there? What is important about it? And what happens when we try to play both sides? Too often the Christian church Christians, we try to play both sides, and when we do, we end up destroying each other and ourselves in the process. In Galatians 5, 13 through 15, it says these words, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. To truly be free means to live for Christ, not for us. To truly be free, it means to leave behind the world and all of our own selfish ambitions, our desires, our dreams, our hopes, and turn them over and live in the freedom that comes in pursuing Jesus and his call in our lives, his will for us, and the life that he has for us. Are you living in freedom today? There's a warning that Paul gives us in verse 15 that's so important that we cannot forget today. Because if we do not live in this freedom, if instead we live over here and keep going back and forth, this is what happens. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Be aware of destroying one another. Far too often in the church we destroy each other. When a Christian is down, we beat him up instead of lift him back up. That is a powerful reminder that Paul doesn't want us to miss here. If we're going to truly live in freedom, we have to love one another, including the people we don't like, including the people that irritate us and annoy us, the people that drive us crazy. We still are supposed to love them like we love ourselves. Are you loving people today in freedom the way that Jesus loves you and the way that you love yourself? In Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 25, if you want to read a great chapter in the Bible, Galatians chapter 5 is an amazing chapter. 
A lot of what we're talking about today comes directly from here. But it says these words, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit, leading in every part of our lives. Right there is a recipe to understand what does it mean to live in the freedom of Christ. It means to live in the presence of the Holy Spirit, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And it means that your life will have these things in it. That your life, you will live in love. You will live in joy. You will live in peace. An inner peace. Not an outward peace, but an inner peace. A patience. Kindness. Goodness. To live in faithfulness in gentleness, and to live in self-control. Man, when I read those things, it stings a little. Because I know I'm not there. I know I mess up a lot of those things. I know there's times when I just don't, am not resting in God's peace. Sometimes I just, just don't want to love people. They're difficult. But it doesn't matter. When Jesus is living in our heart, and we're living in freedom. Love comes out of us. Self-control. Sometimes they're just things that I want. And I just want them. Why can't I just have them? Over here, we just go and get them because it's what we want. It's feeding ourselves. But over here, it is following Jesus. This morning, do you believe that there is freedom in Christ today? Do you believe that there is freedom from death today? Do you believe that right now in this moment, that whatever is in your life that is holding you back, whatever has you here, there is freedom from that. There is freedom so you can completely follow Christ. Completely unleashed. Completely unshackled. Completely free from what is here. So that you can freely live in Christ. This morning, there is freedom from darkness. There is freedom from shame. There is freedom from defeat. There is freedom from fear. There is freedom from sorrow. There is freedom from dread. And this morning there is freedom from death. Do you need to be set free from something today? Do you need to be set free so that you can truly live in the freedom of Christ? Today, it's time to move in freedom in Christ. It's time to move from the prison of our own selfish desires to that freedom that is calling us, that freedom that God wants to give us, that freedom that God wants us to experience. Are you ready today to experience that freedom? Because today it's time to move, to move from sin to forgiveness, to move from death to life, to move from darkness of the world and of sin to light. This morning, it's time to move from defeat to victory this morning.
It's time to move. We can't sit still anymore. We can't be content with where we are. It's time to get up and move so that we can make a difference for Christ. It is time to move from shame. It's time to move from the shame of this place to the grace that God has for us over here that's free. It is time to move from worthlessness to being priceless. Because over here you are priceless. Because you are priceless in his eyes. It is time to move from being unqualified in our old life to being completely qualified in him because of what he's doing in you. It is time to move from fear, the fear that holds us back, to faith that sets us free. Are you ready to move this morning? From sorrow to joy. Are you ready to move from dread to expectation of what God has for you? Are you willing to move from hate to love? Are you willing to move from the bondage of sin to true freedom in Christ? Are you willing this morning to move from prison to Christ? Today is an opportunity to move. I want to invite our prayer partners to come up here to the altar. And as you do, this is an opportunity for each and every one of us to say, I want to be free. I want to move from sin to salvation today. I want to move from bondage to freedom. What are you in need of today? What do you need to let go of? What do you need to let God set you free from today? Today, it's time to move, to move from ourselves in hopelessness to move to complete freedom in Christ. If you want to come and join our prayer partners, they would love to pray with you this morning. Let's stand and sing and just let God have our hearts this morning.